Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Caruso, right wing, jab step, puts up a three. He got it. Willie Caruso stays hot from beyond the arc. Hands off to Wirtz. He fires a corner three. He's got it again. Wirtz bounces into Richards, who feeds Frankish, who does a circus shot off the glass. Count it and the foul. Edie, crossover, step back, left elbow, puts up a two, puts it in. Backdoor Caruso, the one-handed hammer. Willie Caruso brings the crowd to its feet. Welcome, everyone, to the fifth edition of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, student voice of the Santa Clara Broncos and your source to stay up to date with SCU Athletics all season long. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Believe Podcast website, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you haven't already, please like, rate, and subscribe. Any and all feedback is appreciated for the show as well. Okay, a couple segments today. I had a hiatus for winter break, but the Santa Clara Broncos schedule did not take very much of a break uh, while I was out of town back home in the wonderfully beautiful Pacific Northwest. Uh, the Broncos continued their strong play in the non-conference, ending the the non-conference slate 14-2 and two as we get set for conference play. But before I get to that, uh, it is not a roundtable sports update today, but I tell you what it is. WCC madness. It is absolute crazy town out there. Okay? I, I know most of you, uh, you know, maybe some of you have followed what's been happening in the WCC with basketball. Maybe some of you have, haven't. It's been a wild year, frankly, for college basketball in general. I mean, we've had four or five teams lose as the number one overall team in the country before November. You know, you had Duke losing to SF Austin. I mean, it's been upset central, and we haven't even sniffed. I mean, conference play is just about to get underway for most teams and most conferences. It really has been a wild, wild ride. It's only going to get crazier as we get closer and closer to March, which is the greatest month of the year if you're a sports fan. So I'm going to bring you up to speed first with what's going on in the West Coast Conference to set the stage for conference play for the Santa Clara Broncos, who are 1-0 and uh, in WCC play thus far after they knocked off San Diego this past Saturday. So right now, the conference standings are Gonzaga first, Pacific second, Santa Clara third, BYU fourth, then St. Mary's, Portland, LMU, San Francisco, Pepperdine, and San Diego. Now, it's still very early in the year. Each team has played, uh, most have played two conference games, but Santa Clara and BYU have only played one. So are these standings going to hold? Probably not. But it's still wild that we're here, right? I'm going to start with the Pacific Tigers. Full props to head coach Damon Stoudemire for having that program in an upward trajectory. They have been a bottom dweller in this conference for the, for the past couple of years. And I don't think anybody saw this coming. And the last time I was on this show talking about Pacific, I said, you know, they've got a strong record, but they don't have very many good wins. That's still true. However, when you're a program that is having a downward swing, just getting any wins is good. And they're winning a lot of games. They're 14-4 and right now. And they are 2-0 and in West Coast Conference play. That, that is very significant because last year they were the second worst team in the conference ahead of Portland, who I'm also going to get to momentarily. 
But Pacific, currently second in the conference, are they going to finish there? No, probably not. Maybe they could. You never know. But it's probably not going to happen, right? But they're 14-4. and four. They beat Pepperdine in their conference opener, who is the best sub-500 team you've ever seen consistently. And then last week, in one of the wildest college basketball games that probably nobody watched, they beat St. Mary's in four overtimes. Jalil Tripp had 39 points for the Pacific Tigers. Jordan Ford, of course, led the way for St. Mary's. He's the West Coast Conference's leading scorer. Four overtimes. Jalil Tripp played over 50 minutes in this game. And Pacific beat St. Mary's for the first time since 2012. So what looked like for Santa Clara, a team that was going to be a couple rollover wins as they kind of have been in the past, the Pacific Tigers are now a player in the West Coast Conference. A a conference, by the way, that is looking deeper and deeper by the day. I mean, you just can't look at the schedule anymore and see very many easy victories. You just can't. And the best example of this is not only Pacific, but the Portland Pilots and head coach Terry Porter. Now, they're 9-8. and eight. They have some pretty bad losses in there. But they already won a conference game this year. They beat San Francisco. In their conference opener, they lost to Gonzaga. Now, everyone loses to Gonzaga. But Portland, Portland was up 7 at the half against Gonzaga. It was at home. But it was over winter break. You can't tell me it was some huge home court advantage that fueled them to that. Okay, they were up seven at the half. They beat guns, or they lose to Gonzaga 85-72. That that game, I think, was a 27-and-a-half-point spread or something like that. And they were up at the half. That's another team that's trending upwards. I mean, they didn't win a single conference game last year. Not a single one. And then they lost in the first round of the WCC tournament to San Diego. That is tremendous year-to-year growth. And head, per, and head coach Terry Porter has got them trending upward. I, uh, there are still games that Santa Clara should win because I don't think Portland is great yet. I mean, if you look at their schedule, there's some less-than-spectacular losses in there. But they're 9-8. and eight. They've already won a conference game. They'll probably win a few more. They beat San Francisco, who is, like I originally said, appearing to take a step back. And you just never know. Um, Lastly, Pepperdine, like I mentioned earlier, continues to be the best sub-500 team (laughs) you could find in college basketball. Okay, they're 7-9 this year. They're 0-2 in West Coast Conference play. But last time they took the court on national television on the road against Gonzaga, they lost 75-70. to On the road, up at the kennel, they were in the game. They had the ball. They got a stop late. And Colby Ross was coming down the court trying to get off a three to tie the game to go to overtime. And Killian Tilly made a great defensive effort and blocked the shot. Okay? They have lost to number 24 Arizona by two points. They also played USC pretty well. So, yeah, Pepperdine's 7-9. They're at the bottom of the conference right now. But are they going to be an easy game? I don't think so. The only thing that doesn't seem to change in the West Coast Conference, specifically this year, Gonzaga is still the top dog, right? They're the number one overall team in the country. They're the only team in the WCC that's ranked. That's how this goes. Mark Few is an 
absolutely phenomenal college basketball coach. And in Spokane, which, by the way, is in the middle of nowhere. It's not a recruiting hotbed. The guy just does it year after year after year. It is really impressive. Now, St. Mary's is the interesting team in this conference right now. I think the most interesting to look at. Because right now they are 14-3, and three, and they're 1-1 one in conference play with that loss to Pacific in four overtimes. Now, maybe Pacific is for real, or maybe St. Mary's didn't take them seriously. Who knows, right? But St. Mary's has, has wins over Wisconsin, who was a five-seed tournament team last year. They have wins against Arizona State, who was an 11-seed play-in tournament team last year, and Utah State, who was ranked at the time that the Gales beat them. Those are three really high-quality wins, and Randy Bennett is a, is a great coach, a great coach, and St. Mary's is good year after year. But then they have these losses, uh, one of which is pretty good, to number 19, Dayton. They have the wild one to Pacific, and then they lost to Winthrop at home. So St. Mary's, if I had to bet, I'd put them in the upper echelon of WCC conference teams. But am I sure that they're going to be the number two? No, I don't. I, I, I can't say that for sure. Maybe it was a fluke loss to Pacific. I don't know. Also, BYU... Uh, they've got T.J. Haas, Yoeli Childs. That's all you need to know. It's really tough to play in Provo. Any team that has to go there, uh, you, you really never know. BYU is the last team, by the way, to beat Gonzaga on their home floor. Zags have the longest home winning streak in the country at 32 games. Last time they lost up in the kennel in Spokane was to BYU a couple of years ago. So to summarize, absolute madness in the West Coast Conference. We're seeing some teams that have been down, Pacific and Portland, start to trend up, specifically the Tigers. Right now at the bottom of the conference, you've got Pepperdine and San Diego. I think San Diego is the only team I can look at for sure and say, yeah, they're not good. They're rebuilding. They're, you know, second-year head coach. Uh, they, they've just lost too much talent from a year ago. No more Isaiah Pinheiro, no Isaiah Wright. It, it's a lot to lose. It is. Um, and LMU, y- you never know with LMU. Uh, they beat San Diego and they lost to BYU. They put up 38 points against BYU. Again, Provo, very tough place to play. But, you know, I, I think LMU and San Diego are the only teams I can for sure look at and say those should be four wins for Santa Clara. All right, let's get to the Broncos, who had a flurry of games over winter break. Uh, and then I'm going to preview as well the upcoming games they have this week, which will be broadcasting on KSCU against San Francisco and St. Mary's, both of which will be on the road, and then they get to take on the number one team in the country, Gonzaga, next Thursday. We'll have that one for you as well on KSCU 103.3 FM in the Bay Area, available via the TuneIn Radio app, Simple Radio app, or via KSCU.org. Okay, so Santa Clara basketball, all things considered, they are playing really well. And frankly, they're 14-2 and two right now. All 14 wins have come at home. Both losses have been on the road to Nevada and Stanford. Tough places to play, tough teams to play against, particularly the Cardinal, who look pretty good this year out of the Pac-12. 14-2, and two, when I looked at the preseason schedule, is exactly where I would want this team to be to feel good about the season that they could have. And they picked up... I mean, they don't have a phenomenal win since I was last on air and they were playing over winter break, but 
They beat Sacramento State 60-58. to I was talking about that one on the last episode. Thought it would be a lot tougher game than people thought. They'd knocked off Pepperdine previously, who, as I've said, best sub-500 basketball team you can find anywhere. And Santa Clara almost lost that one at home, if not for the late-game heroics of Trey Wirtz, who had a beautiful hesitation drive and reverse layup with the right hand. And so they won in the final seconds. Uh, they beat San Jose State 89-84. to They had a big lead in the second half, and then I think they just kind of got complacent. San Jose State is not a good basketball team, and Santa Clara is clearly better. That game was not as close as the final score really indicated. The Broncos just kind of, you know, let up a little down the stretch, and San Jose State made some shots late. I was never worried that they were going to lose that game. Then they had a couple of easy ones, Mississippi Valley State, which was an 0-11 team coming into the game against Santa Clara. Lost to the Broncos, of course, 100-71. to And you might not think much of it, but that's how you should beat a team like that. You know, you should put up at or near 100 points. And we've really seen the offense take off. You're going to notice that has been a trend recently. Santa Clara is actually second in the West Coast Conference in scoring only to Gonzaga right now. They've really been clicking. They've shot 55% or better from the floor four times in the last six games, and they only did so uh, about that many times all of last year. Their offense has been playing much better. More on that in a moment. They beat Alcorn State 92-57 to in a game in which Keyshawn Justice had 24 points. Now, I want to talk about a couple of true sophomores, Keyshawn Justice first, and then I'll get to Trey Wirtz. So Keyshawn Justice has been playing his best basketball as a Bronco. And this was a guy who earlier in the year uh, was not getting that many minutes. He missed a game or two with an injury. And when he was playing, I watched him come in and he would just knock down shots every single time. And I thought, man, I, I really think he should get more minutes. And Herb Sendek has noticed that as well. And Keyshawn Justice has been getting more playing time and he's been getting more shots and he's been making the most of those opportunities. Uh, Keyshawn has 20 or more points in three of his last four games. He's set career highs in points in back-to-back games. He had 24 against Alcorn State and then he had 26 in the conference opener against San Diego. Uh, It's really been great to see him blossom and flourish and it's really not the first time we've seen Herb Sendek do a good job of developing young players. I mean, watching Josip Frankich grow over the last couple of years, who tomorrow night against San Francisco will make his 50th consecutive start. His all-around game has improved. His shooting touch has improved. And it's really great to see that when you have a coach like Herb Sendek who's brought in with the expectations that he's going to build a competitive program in the conference. You want to see him be able to not only get quality recruits, but develop them build them and make them into even better players than when they arrive here at what we like to call Claradice. And Keyshawn Justice, I I think, is flourishing right now. Uh, He has actually been inserted into the starting lineup along with Jalen Williams, the freshman from Arizona, who I've liked the moment I saw him play. He is so smart, so smooth. He is crafty. He's got a nice shooting stroke. He plays solidly on the defensive side of the ball. I've liked everything about him since he started playing, and he and Keyshawn are now in the starting lineup, and Tajidi and DJ Mitchell have moved into the second unit. But really, I'm not going to say it's entirely symbolic, but it is 
mostly symbolic because when you look at the minutes played, Herb Sendek has a lot more depth this year than he has in the past couple of years, even though the injuries are starting to pile up once again, unfortunately, for the Broncos. I'll get to that in a sec. Herb Sendek has got a lot more, he has more weapons at his disposal than he has in years past, and you can see him utilizing that. He's playing people, you know, more in the 20 to 25-minute range, whereas in years past, we've seen guys like Tajidi, K.J. Fagan, and even Trey Wirtz last year have to play 30 or more minutes a night, and Santa Clara right now doesn't have a player who averages more than 27 minutes a game, and that is a noticeable trend, and it is thanks to the recruiting that this coaching staff has been able to do and the development of the players that I talked about that has allowed them to put these these guys into the game already early in their careers. Uh, and we've seen Keyshawn Justice develop, and Trey Wirtz is the other guy. And this has been something that I thought would be crucial coming into the season, and it has been a really welcome sight. Now, the team overall still turns the ball over too often. They're ninth in the West Coast Conference at just over 14 a game. They have to work on that. But Trey Wirtz specifically, I said, coming into the year, you can go back and listen to the first episode of this show in the season preview. I said, Trey Wirtz is tremendously talented. He's a gifted passer. He's good at the defensive end. He's a good shooter. He's confident. I like. I love so much about the way he plays, but he's got to work on turning the ball over less. Well, guess what? Trey has three or fewer turnovers in all but two games this year. In all but two games. And those games were four turnovers and five turnover games, right? That is a marked improvement from what we saw from him a year ago where sometimes he would have to be pulled out of the game because he was committing six, seven, eight, or even nine turnovers. He had a game last year where I think he had nine turnovers and nine assists. But this year, it has been, he's much more in control. You can see he's adjusted to the speed of the game. He's worked on watching film as well to be smarter, to make better decisions. It's been great to see. And Trey Words currently is the team's leading scorer, just over 12 points a game. He's shooting 46% from beyond the arc, 52% from the floor. He leads the team in assists at just over four a game. All of those percentages are up and the turnovers are down. That is, as I've said, a credit to Herb Sendek and the coaching staff. That, that is great coaching to see these young players developing like that. And honestly, credit to Herb Sendek for making the change in the starting lineup. I mean, it's not as if DJ Mitchell is playing poorly. He's shooting the ball at over 50% from the floor, 43% from beyond the arc, 10 points a game. He's great at the defensive end. He's an energy guy. But Sendek made a change, and so far the offense has really flourished. And we'll see what they can do against San Francisco as well. Another guy who has been improving, I alluded to a moment ago, Josef Frankich. His three-point percentage is up nine percentage points from a year ago. His assists are way up at almost four a game, and his he's now leading the team in steals. He has become a really versatile, well-rounded player. He's not scoring quite as much as he was a year ago, but he's not being asked to do that. It's just not what this roster needs from him. And so he is filling out his role really nicely. He's going to start at power forward uh, for the Broncos for the rest of this year, barring an injury, and I'd imagine his entire senior year as well. He's really, really a solid player. Now, 
I've talked about the depth that Herb Sendick and the Broncos have this year, and it is noticeable. It is a lot better than what they had a year ago, but unfortunately, the injuries are starting to pile up. So Willie Caruso, the starting center, the Italian stallion, as we call him on our KSU broadcast, injured his foot in the win against Alcorn State, and he is out indefinitely. He has a walking boot on that foot right now, does not currently have a timetable for his return. That is a huge loss for Santa Clara. It didn't kill him against San Diego, but San Diego's, you know, probably the the worst team in the WCC this year. Jaden Bediaco ended up starting. He did very well. I thought from what I saw, he had five points and six rebounds in 16 minutes and held his own at the defensive end, which is where I think he has the most room to improve. We've seen the offensive game uh, be solid, but not prolific from him. But he's a true freshman. That's what you'd expect. But not having Caruso out there is going to be tough, particularly tomorrow against San Francisco, because Jimbo Lull is one of the best centers in the West Coast Conference, and Willie Caruso has not only played against him before, but is a better defender than Jaden Bediaco, a better rebounder, and a little bit more skilled offensively, particularly with the way that he can stretch the floor. He's shooting 46% from beyond the arc this year. So that's a big loss for Santa Clara. And his backup, actually, Zeke Richards, is also out for the year. Miguel Tomley, who we haven't seen at all, the freshman, injured his knee in the preseason. He's out for the year. So that's two guys who are done for the year, Miguel Tomley and Zeke Richards. Caruso's out indefinitely. So now we've seen Juan Ducasi, the redshirt sophomore from Uruguay, or the redshirt freshman from Uruguay, excuse me, uh, have to come in and, and see minutes. And he's had a number of DNPs this year, but now he's getting anywhere from six to 10 minutes a night because he's six foot nine and we need the front court size. Uh, that's just what it is. So hopefully he's going to be able to step up. He's got a pretty good shooting touch and he's played solidly at both ends of the floor in the limited action that he's seen. And I think he's going to continue to have a few minutes off the bench. And you may not think a lot of a guy who hasn't played much coming in to play for, you know, six, seven, or eight minutes, but sometimes when guys are thrust into a situation like that, the other team can exploit his lack of experience. So he's going to have to keep rebounding the ball and knocking down open threes when he does get into the game. Uh, Coming up for Santa Clara, uh, which, as I mentioned earlier, are games that are going to be on KSCU via the TuneIn Radio app, the Simple Radio app, or via KSCU.org. Tomorrow, 8 p.m. tip-off on the road against San Francisco. Now, the road has not been kind to Santa Clara this year. They have lost both their roads games by an average margin of defeat of 19.5 points. Now, granted, they played Nevada and Stanford. Those are both tough teams to play, particularly on the road. But so far, they have not been able to get it going away from home. Their conference opening win against San Diego was... At home, Keyshawn Justice had 26 points. The team shot 53% from the floor. They continue to be very strong sharing the ball, by the way. They're one of the best teams in the country in assists per game at just under 18, which is a great spot to be. But so far, all of that success at both ends of the floor has come at home, and they're going to have to get it going on the road because they've got a brutally tough three-game stretch coming up. Like I said, San Francisco tomorrow night and then St. Mary's this Saturday night 
at 5 o'clock. And San Francisco is a winnable game. They've actually lost three in a row. They're under a first-year head coach who's been an assistant previously. They lost Frankie Ferrari from last year. That's a game that Santa Clara really needs to win because they've never played well against St. Mary's, who's always tough to play, especially in their own building. And even though the Gales are more beatable than they have been in the past couple of years, it's never going to be an easy game to win. I don't think this year is any exception, especially when they have the leading scorer in the West Coast Conference in Jordan Ford. He can be an absolute nightmare, and Randy Bennett is just as solid of a coach as you can find in all of college basketball. And then next week, they play Gonzaga on Thursday on the road again. I don't know if you could... Other than throwing BYU into the mix, you can't find a tougher three-game stretch, really. And it's going to be a real gut check for Santa Clara, who sit at 14-2 and two right now. But now that they're getting into conference play, it's time to really see what they're made of and see if they can compete for one of those top seeds in the West Coast Conference come tournament time in early March. And I, I'm really excited. You know, I think this is the best team Santa Clara's had in a while. They're off to their best start since the 1968-69 season, actually. And it's only the fifth time in school history they've won the first 14 of 16 games to start the season. And, you know, it, it's exciting. They're clearly trending upward. They've got a lot of depth. Uh, they'll have to deal with some injuries. But I think they can, can manage. And, you know, they did all right without Caruso in the first game. Hopefully it's not too big of a problem because Jimbo Lowell for San Francisco is really, really good and not having Willie Caruso could be tough at both ends of the floor. But, you know, it, it's the next man up. You hear it all the time, and this is certainly no different. And then St. Mary's on Saturday, uh, they're, they're just rock solid, like I said. And if they could win one of these two games, because they're probably not going to beat Gonzaga. This is the most beatable Gonzaga f- has felt in the last couple of years, and they're the number one team in the country. They're not going to beat Gonzaga. It'd be a shocking upset if they did. But if they can beat one of San Francisco and St. Mary's, then they'll be in good shape. Now, Pacific, the following Saturday, next week, is going to be a tougher game than everyone originally thought. But one of these games between St. Mary's and San Francisco, starting with the Dons tomorrow night on the road, one of those has just got to be a win because you do not want to fall to one in three in conference play and then come home and play a Pacific team that's clearly on the rise. So uh, beating either the Gales or the Dons is going to be crucial, and I think they can get one of them done. If they got both of them done, that would be making a statement in the conference early in the year, and you know we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I will be back uh, before the Gonzaga game next week to preview that and break down what happened in the San Francisco and St. Mary's games, but that's going to do it for today's episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports podcast. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already, and tune into the next episode to get updates on all things Santa Clara and WCC basketball right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast platform for professionals. I'm Spencer McLaughlin signing off for this week, saying so long, everybody, and have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.